Well, if you're going to interrupt. Welcome to the podcast podcast. I'm Don, and who, who do we interrupted with his throat clear? <clears throat> uh, Scott. Yeah. So, it's been a while since we met, because uh-huh. it always has been a while since we met. Yeah, this whole COVID-19 thing is kind of scattered things out and then summer we're always kind of scattered because it's summer right here and then so we had yeah. vacation and vacation and um yeah uh it's it's the weirdest summer of all which is funny this year there's no baseball there's mm-hmm. no coach pitch baseball there's no soccer normally football starting but that was canceled but i'm still unable to find time for anything <laughs> it's like wait a minute this is not how it's i have so much nothing to do I blame Stardew Valley, which I blame on you. Oh, by the way, that is a great game. <laughs> it's so so I, I I shared it with my kids. I showed them, I was like, Yeah, if you ever get the money or whatever, I've heard Stardew Valley. They they love Minecraft and Terraria. Mm-hmm. So it's right up that mm-hmm. you know, you kind of craft and you fight a little, you know, whatever kind of thing. I was like, Yeah, so if you guys ever want it, let me know and we'll take a look at it. They came to me like the next day with money. And I was like, Okay. So got it. And like, we've been playing it like all of us. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so, so is it cross platform? So can you play it on yours and then they no, join in? Oh No, they like, if you have it on a computer, PlayStation or Xbox, you can do multiplayer. If you have it on switch, iOS or Android, you cannot. So you can do multiplayer on the switch. Oh, you can, you can. Yes. But they would all have to have switches that I don't know. Um, but I know that you can play multiplayer and you can invite people to your Stardew Valley. I understand that on the PC, I don't know if on the Switch, my wife can play and we can be married in the game. Oh, really? So I thought that was kind of cool. Okay. I just married someone that I was pretending was Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) So we were were talking about just last night about, because like I have multiple villagers around the six seven heart range because uh-huh. uh they send you stuff uh-huh oh my gosh this is nerd talk <laughs> um okay so really quick stardew valley is a game where you basically inherit your dead grandpa's farm and you can choose to be a farmer you could be a miner you could raise livestock you can you know raise chickens or whatever you want to do but there's a bunch of little side quests that you can choose to do or ignore um, but one of the things, there's 40 villagers. I looked up the wiki. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> well, I was trying to find out. I, I was given a sandfish. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what the heck is a sandfish? So I wanted to make sure if I ate it in the mines, it wouldn't kill me. Because I ate a mushroom in the mines, and that was a mistake. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah. So uh, uh, I found out that if you give the different villagers gifts, the higher they like you, the more likely it is they'll send you stuff. Mm-hmm. So like... Evelyn, the grandma, mm-hmm. she sends me like a recipe or a pie like every couple of weeks. And then like the one day she's like, if you have a diamond, I'll pay you three times what it's worth. And I was like, I have like six diamonds. <laughs> like Evelyn. And so she's like rated pretty high. Linus, like mm-hmm. I, I started crops right by his tent. Nice. <laughs> and I just pick one and give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I was looking. So I just got to know the villagers. I was like, which one is closest to Sarah? And then I found out on a wiki whether, um, you know, what gifts she liked. And then, you know, then I would stalk her, find out where she was at seven (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. So she always walked past a certain spot at seven. So I had to be there at seven. (laughs) (laughs) So, yep, it went well, though. (laughs) (laughs) So we we were talking about it last night. And so we looked on the wiki about like getting married and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, we found out that you're, 
your spouse would do chores for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we're like, now we're all trying to get married. <laughs> none of us like to water crops. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're like, oh. And your wife will do that for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or they'll, um, some wives will feed animals, some will water crops. Okay. So I'm like, I actually quit (laughs) just at the time that I was getting married. And then I moved on to something else because I was like, I don't know. I just, a new game came out and I was like, okay, distraction. Yeah. But I had been playing that for so long. Uh, So we started it on vacation Mm -hmm. and we've been talking about, and my wife will sit there. She's like, it's almost like you guys are talking about real people. They'll be like, like, have you met Willie? Did you you give up? It's like, or I'll be like, hey man, like Eli is obsessed with Kent. Hmm. Like when Kent came back, he's like, he looks so serious, but he seems like a nice guy. And my wife's like, he's a computer character. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I don't know what's up with Kent either. What kind of gifts should I give him? (laughs) (laughs) Or like, um, I don't know if it's true on all the platforms, but it seems on iOS, if you have Robin build stuff for you, Mm -hmm. it gives you a heart. Oh, So my kids are like, yeah, Robin's got like six hearts because they she built two silos and blah, blah blah. It's like they haven't outside of like a quest or two, they haven't given her anything. Wow. So apparently, on <clears throat> iOS you might get hearts for okay being a merchant. Huh. So okay. What a weird. Yeah, and it's I mean <sighs> they they continue to expand it and expand it, and they've been releasing updates for like five years or more. Yeah, and I guess there's a big update being made that's coming. Yeah, so we look at this stuff and think it's greater. What like. I guess in the original version, if you left your chickens out overnight, you would hear a wolf howl mm-hmm. and it would eat one of your chickens. Oh, wow. Now that doesn't happen. Oh, okay. Like, I guess like there's like zero animals that die in the game now. Oh, wow. I guess people got too attached to their animals and were getting mad that they've like... What is that, PETA? Or what, what's that What's that one group that... I was like, like yeah, PETA. <laughs> well, no, I think the complaint was like, I was in the mines and I was about to fall asleep so I could either close the chicken coop or go to bed. Mm-hmm. And if you don't go to bed, you lose like all this gold and all yeah. this other stuff. And I don't know. I read too much about that. Cause that's I, how you save. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read way too much about this stupid game. <laughs> so it's, but it's fun. It's like, gives us something to talk about. Like the kids and I, like we, mm-hmm. we all compare our farms and like, they're always like, Oh, your farm's so big. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm getting cows. And then it's like, my one son got a horse mm-hmm. and he was, I was like, you get a horse. So I like, I played for like an hour and a half to get a horse. Oh wow. I was like chopping wood, getting money. I was like, I need $10,000, all this wood and butt. And then, then I was mad cause you needed hardwood. And my son's like, the secret forest, that's hardwood every day. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we're, we're so dumb. Well, this is the dumbest game that we were like having too much fun with. So my family's all about animal crossing right now, minus me. Yeah. And that's like, like expensive. All like an animal crossing. And I'm like, uh, they're like, daddy, why don't you like the game? Um, why don't you play it? Um, Isn't it just like Stardew Valley, but like more? It's, no, I'd say Stardew Valley probably has more to do, maybe. Oh. But this, I mean, you can decorate your house. You can decorate your clothes. <laughs> it's very much a girl game. However, yeah. I know a ton of dudes that play it. So <laughs> sorry for so you listeners you. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, listen. And, I don't know much um, about it. I know everybody was excited that there's like an Animal Crossing themed Switch coming mm-hmm. out. And I'm... I still don't know what you do in the game. I, I'm not a huge fan. Um, I don't even know what I'm playing right now. But I'm playing something. Um, but yeah, it's just, I was like, wow. And they are addicted to it. They're talking about it. Actually, Sarah. So my daughter's got bored because like Sarah would be like took over. She plays all the time. And they're like, daddy, can I play with a switch? And I'm asked mama. 
but she won't let us. <laughs> so if you see, because I know we're on like the, we're Switch friends. If mm-hmm. you see Jerk, that's mm-hmm. Ezra. Okay. He made, So he did not have an iPad. Uh-huh. So like on the trip, I let him use my Switch and stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, do not touch my stuff. Like you got to make your own profile. Like do not touch anything I got uh-huh. found. So he made one named a Jerk. Oh. And my eight-year-old has a sense of humor. Well, so, my ten- so if you see that on there, that's me. Well, my 10-year-old saw dad pop up. <laughs> And they're like, who's dad? I was like, that's my lame friend that comes over and we podcast. <laughs> my So my place, my PS4 profile is boring. Dad is boring. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, they're like, why did he name himself dad? I was like, that's a good question. That's, yeah. Well, we, there's dad and jerk on my switch okay. now. So, you know, you, that's fair. Because <laughs> yeah. I, so, I logged in and I went to play a uh, rocket league and uh-huh. I was like, what's it? Where's my car? I couldn't find anything. I found I was in the jerk profile. Oh, so. Okay. That's how I find. So out now you name. figured out where you're at. Yeah. Okay. But I'm I'm orange in Rocket League as much as possible, and I was blue and the jerk profile. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. And I'm not even a big gamer. It sounds like you Stardew are. Stardew Valley's got me like. Rocket League. Uh, yeah. Well, Ro- Stardew Valley. So I'm a sports fan, and there's not a lot of sports on the Switch. Hmm. Like there's basketball and soccer. I think they have rugby now. I don't know rugby. And baseball. Either. Oh, I've got baseball. Okay. Uh, um, but the baseball game on there is the same exact one that like Justice bought my son bought uh-huh. for iOS. Okay. So like I I had already played it to death before uh, I got on there. Okay. Um. So that was my that was my waste of two dollars. Okay. But. Okay. It was the newest baseball. Uh. It no. It was last year's when the newest one was getting ready to okay, to come out before just baseball. Just released died. a new one. Yeah. Maybe it was know. two years ago before last year's or something. Okay. Yeah. It was. Okay. Yeah, I so, still I still have not gotten Link's Awakening, but someday. Okay, someday. It's coming. Someday. All right, well. Um, so speaking of our farms being blessed by the Sovereign Lord. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Bale is not providing for the health of those crops and producing, yes. but it is Yahweh. <laughs> and although we are trying to follow God and give Yahweh credit, um, you have... The other villagers, 40 of them, <laughs> um, that are worshiping Baal and idols um, and all of Israel. Um. <laughs> so we're, we're in Hosea, and if you've been with us, you know that we've said that this is a difficult text. It's been translation issues. What's interesting is a lot of the stuff that I get is translated right from Greek as opposed to Hebrew and... Um, we're going into chapter 12, which from what I can tell is probably one of the most difficult so far. And according to the commentary that I'm using that I still don't have the guy's name and I need to get it. I you know I'm going to get that. Um, so uh, he said chapter 12 is full of quote, lots of punning and play on words. Okay. So I've got a few of them notated, but I felt like I was just notating all the play-ons and all the puns. Uh, so I apologize that I did not outline all of them. And um, as I stall here to get my commentary name. So um, I'm utilizing a commentary, Minor Prophets 1. Um, it's the Understanding the Bible commentary series with Elizabeth Actmeyer. Um, I'm also using the Old Testament um, Bible background commentary from IVP, um, and I actually used quite a bit of both of them this week. Um, 
I struggled through 12. And when he came in, I was like, I hope you got a lot to talk about. Um, because I, I struggled with putting all of the pieces together with 12. Um, so um, we'll, we'll kind of see what that looks like. Um, so I use the Expositor's Bible Commentary, the one by Zondervan that has the brown cover, because there's another one that has a blue cover that is a bit different. Um, however, there's so many of them and I can't find. Uh, Tremper Longman III is the editor of it, and so is David Garland, but I can't find the commentator's name quick enough to... Mm. Otherwise, I'd be here forever trying to find it. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, he has gone... He's... He's been very good at getting through some of this stuff. Um, I was telling Scott prior to this, I had a lot of times when he would say, you know, uh, some translations say it like this, but it would be better said like this. Uh, Zondervan owns NIV, and uh, the text in the commentary is NIV, but he often refers to the RSV, ESV, NASB, and says these are better. Okay. Um, so I would argue if you're reading this at home, the NIV uh, by a guy who's working with the NIV commentator, <laughs> commentator series uh, says it's probably not as uh, close or as accurate. So you may want to check like an NASB, RSV, ESV, mm-hmm. uh, and you might have a little more cohesiveness, yeah. I guess, with it. And we're mostly reading out of the ESV. I know we started the Hosea podcast going, ooh, NIV might be good. No, that lasted through it, chapter two. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we've been ESV for, for most of the chapters, at least since, you know, the, the early early chapters. So, all right, well, let's get into it. Um, yeah. I was trying to scan my notes. <laughs> so let it, I'll read maybe one through uh, chapter 12, one through four to start out. Sure. Maybe. I'm just yawning because I'm yawning. Go on. All right. <laughs> oh, we'll hit at least a couple plan words. Um, oh, so I have starting at um, 11, 11. Oh, yeah, we did. That's not a bad idea. Make sure you so those last two. All right. So they it, shall... Sorry, really quick. Um, it, it appears that chapter 11 ends and 12 begins on the same thought and mm-hmm. on the same area. So, uh, yeah. Yes. That's all I got. <laughs> so chapter 11, verse 11, um, and then it will be chapter 12, verse 1. So we'll just go straight into that. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria, and I will return them to their home homes, declares the Lord. Ephraim has surrounded me with lies and the house of Israel with deceit, but Judah still walks with God and is faithful to the Holy One. Ephraim feeds on the wind and pursues the east wind all day long. They multiply falsehood and violence. They make a covenant with Assyria, and oil is carried to Egypt. So maybe I'll just do that part before we jump into two through four. Yeah, sure. Because doesn't fine. that kind of complete a thought? Yeah, to, to a point. So um, 11, uh, the big point out there is I will return them to their home, declares the, the Lord. Uh, one thing that we see thematically throughout Scripture and Hosea, uh, but through the entirety of the whole Bible is judgment very often ends with restoration. Mm-hmm. So there's always a, a, with a judgment piece, there's a restoration. The only time that we kind of break that pattern or do we is when we get to revelation, when there seems to be a judgment, but only a partial restoration for, but you could argue it's still only a restoration for God's people. Mm-hmm. It's not for those that have turned their backs on him, but we also see 
or wonder how much of the judgment will God's people go through, and that will come down to an eschatological conversation, aka a talk about the end times, that I don't care to have right now. Got it, yeah. That'll <laughs> so, be a revelation series that someone can go through. Yeah, that's a New Testament thing. We're, we're sticking Old Testament yeah. here. Um, yeah, and, and I, I just basically have where, where I think it, it clearly states that Israel is strongly encouraged to return to, the, to God. Um, we've seen this many times, and... Um, we, we continue to see it again where Israel has strayed away and God is encouraging them to come home, um, to, to once again be in relationship with him um, and to jump back in that covenant. And then when, oh, did you have any more on the end of that? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, once you get into 12, you see uh, that first line, Ephraim uh, feeds on the wind and pursues the east wind all day long. Basically, uh, Hosea is telling them, hey, you're, Chasing a covenant with, a co- you're chasing peace uh, and an alliance with like Assyria and Egypt, two like countries that you will not be able to like obtain peace with or protection from. And so that's like chasing the wind, like you're never going to catch it. So you're continually trying to get peace with these two to, to keep yourself safe. But as we see with the invasion of Assyria, uh, that we read about in Second Kings, there is no peace. No, like it does. It doesn't last. Like you have to pay the tribute, or there's going to be invasions and violence, and that's inevitably what happens. Why they ever thought Assyria was a good place to go? Fear. R- well, that's true. It, it's like the bully says, "Bring me a dollar every day, or I'm going to beat you up." So you bring him a dollar, but that one day your parents don't give you the dollar to take to the bully, and right. then you get curb stomped, and yeah. you know that's kind of that's not peace. Right. That's. That's the opposite, you know. And even Egypt, we were told many, many times never to go back to Egypt. However, we, we've Israel has tried many times also to, to create an alliance, and it's just never gone good. Um, and Egypt has never been able to follow through. And so once again, we see them following after their own ways as opposed to turning to God and seeking him for answers and for wisdom on what to do. When the, that line, oil, is carried to Egypt... Um, it makes you wonder, and this is conjecture. I did not read this or I don't have proof of this, but like, so you have an export of oil, um, which Israel is known to have like a, that's their chief export. Uh, the, and not like not car oil, but like olive oil (laughs) or lamp oil or whatever happens to be, um, it's carried to Egypt, but there's no actual talk about you getting money back for that. Hmm. So how much of that export is, a financially lucrative thing for Israel or is it a forced export or are they getting ripped off or I know Egypt, like it seems like a shady trade agreement. So Egypt would not have been able to really, um, I mean, this would have been a commodity for, for Egypt. This would have been something mm-hmm. that they don't have access to, um, for them to get that from, from Israel would be great. And in fact, was one of their biggest money makers during this time period. Um, so, I don't know. Um, I wonder what I'd have to look at Egypt's uh, rulers at that time because Egypt started to really fall apart. So I'm wondering how much of a paper tiger Egypt might have been during mm-hmm. this time as well. Because I don't think Egypt was very strong during this time. I don't think they were able so to fight against Assyria. I think there, so. There were what eleven Ramses, and I think by the time you ended that line, you had some very shaky ground mm-hmm. like for a lot of them so a lot of the pharaohs yeah and then they never regained that power back right um or that empire back the way they had it 
especially doing those pharaohs and right yeah all that coming in and basically killing it all and mm-hmm. ruling it <laughs> well because you had the you had was it assyria then was it babylonians yeah it's and then assyria, persians and then the greeks and then the roman empire right yeah because you had alexander the great yeah and then yeah and then rome for 1500 years yeah so and so i don't think egypt ever regained that kind of power and they still exist, which I guess says a lot. Yeah, um, but they're but, obviously uh, influences a lot smaller, and a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think they're a world power in much of anything. I don't think they are either. Tourism, like. Uh-huh. Uh So. So all right. So yeah. So this was about the time that Egypt was not the powerful, or potentially was either losing its power, had already lost its power, um, but either way, was not very helpful and them escaping Assyria. Yeah. Um, so two through four. So chapter 12, two through four. Um, the Lord has an indictment against Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways. He will repay him according to his deeds. In the womb, he took his brother by the heel and in his manhood, he strove with God. He strove with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He met God at Bethel and there God spoke with us. So I keep going. Uh, yeah, take it through six. Uh, the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord is his memorial name. So you, by the help of your God, return, God, return, hold fast to love and justice and wait continually for your God. So, yeah, this is where you were talking before. There seems to be a lot going on here. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where I got, I mean, I've, I've got notes and things like that, but how to connect it all together think that's where I, I struggle with with making that full connection in chapter 12 okay you want me to do it sure go for oh, it okay i don't know i thought oh, you're no. gonna tell me more no that was... like, and <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can go on and tell you tell you things that i got it's just i'd be curious as to maybe talking off of what you say or what you have and maybe what do you got <laughs> all right let's go that way uh so the first thing we see is we we have in chapter 11 we end up with like oh yeah uh uh, Judah still walks with God, uh, but then suddenly Judah gets included with Jacob, and Jacob is Israel. So it's it's taking the two separate and putting them together and talking about their history uh, before they're divided. So if you're unaware, um, Israel is the nation, and then they splinter, and then by the time David is king, there's two houses. There's Israel and Judah, and uh, they have a tentative peace through Solomon. And then it all falls mm-hmm. to pieces, uh, where it really is two divided kingdoms. There's uh, Judah and Israel, two completely split factions. Um, up into this part, a lot of what we've read in Hosea has been uh, heavy judgment to Israel, light judgment to Judah, um, or a warning to Judah, like a warning shot, like, hey, you're you're going to follow that path. So, But now we are taking them and balling them back up together into one piece here. And we get this history of, uh, Jacob, it's that it starts out with his shade, the shady Jacob, like you know, the um, I'll punish Jacob according to his ways, he will repay him according to his deeds. In the womb, he took his brother by the heel. Uh, Jacob's name literally means heel grabber, uh, so he's already like basically, uh, he's grabbing his twin brother Esau's heel in the womb, so he's already showing that he's kind of a conniving little you know, deceiver, he's going to do things his way kind of, kind of set up. Um, so he's kind of got that, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Not aggressive, but like 
not even mischievous. I don't know, kind of a, he's a rascally little fellow, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he grabs by the heel, um, but in his manhood, he strove with God. Uh, he strove with the angel and prevailed. So they're talking about how he wrestled with and uh, really tried to come to terms with who he was and who God wanted him to be. So we're talking about that uh, setup. You might have heard of like, you know, Jacob lays his head on a rock to go to sleep. And then a guy basically uh, wrestles with him. And then Jacob wins the wrestling match to a point, And then the angel touches Jacob's hip and he can't walk. You know, you've heard that story in Sunday school. And we see that in Genesis. Um 28, 28 through 32-ish. So you see... Something, yeah. Yeah. Latter um, or middle Genesis. Yes. Uh, Genesis is like 50 chapters. So I do have like the recalling of Jacob's meeting God at Bethel was in 28, verse 10 through 19. And then verse chapter 32, 24 through 29 is where we see the um, the nice wrestling match with the angel of God. Um, so you've really, and the story even branches out beyond those chapters. Um, but those are the two points that I think we see being made specifically. Um, and what is it? Verse four. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, one thing, uh, uh, side note, Bethel here, we've talked about Bethaven and Mm -hmm. how it's a den of iniquity and thieves and liars and murderers and whatever. Yep. Um, it, the time of Jacob, it was not. (laughs) <laughs> so this is a uh, you know he's uh, he met God at Bethel it wasn't like he met him in the pits of sin right um it was he actually met him in a place that was better uh but we start seeing the restoration of Jacob here he wept and sought his favor um he met God at Bethel and there he spoke with us so we we've gone from shady Jacob Jacob wrestling with God restored humbled Jacob so we can parallel that in a couple of minutes uh with both Israel and the story of Moses, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to come up in a second. But um, the on the literary structure, it's argued that verse six. So you, by the help of your God, return, uh, hold fast to love and justice, and wait continually on God. And I should have kept it open. Um, echoes Genesis twenty eight fifteen, which also makes for the closure of this section. I might still have it open. Um, do you have it? No. And while he's looking that up, we're, we're kind of in the middle of a court case. Um, so God is ultimately bringing um, Judah to court and, and basically saying that he is going to be punished according to their ways um, So and their deeds. So once again, we see this idea where we're because of how Israel is acting during this time, just like um, Jacob was ultimately um, punished for his deceitfulness um, in Genesis, we see that same idea being brought over to Israel. Um, because of their deeds, God is going to punish them. And once again, uh, he's been there being judged in and almost like a court scene type thing. He's saying, okay, guess what? I'm taking you to the court and here's what you're being accused of. Um, and all of those things we've been talking about for these past couple weeks and, um, and Hosea is, is now being brought into a court scene and he's saying, here's the judgment that's going to occur because of those deeds. And the hope is that Israel will then be humbled <laughs> as Jacob was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know better. All right. So uh, Genesis twenty eight fifteen says, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And the echo here is, so you, by the help of your God, return, hold fast to love and justice, and wait continually for your God. So those two verses seem very similar. So it seems like that could be the end of 
the opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess if you go court case, the end of the opening argument. Right, but, right. Um, it's definitely not the end of the chapter, but it's it's the end of that section. Before we'll come back and pick it up in a minute. Mm-hmm. Is it a chiastic? No. Uh, no. You, no, I don't think so. No. Um, so so we see right here kind of some of the ambition and deceit that it started out with Jacob that kind of brought them to uh, to where to where Jacob was with the indictment. Um, and then he continues on with seven through nine. Seven through nine. Let's go for it. A merchant in whose hands are false balances. He loves to oppress. Ephraim has said, ah, but I am rich. I have found wealth for myself and all my labors. They cannot find in me iniquity or sin. I am the Lord, your God from the land of Egypt. I will again make you dwell in tents as in the days of the appointed feast. So we now see the ambition and deceit that, that Jacob resignated. And, and we go back to the deeds that we've been talking about through um, many of this. This is actually what, what I have is this is actually the only time or a very rare time where they actually talk about the merchants and their dis- and kind of how they are not being honest in their dealings. Um, we see that a lot in the minor prophets and some of the other minor prophets, but I think this is... And we saw warnings against it in Deuteronomy. Right. But we actually don't see it a lot in Hosea. Um, it's, a, again, a major theme in some of the other minor prophets, but but he's even bringing up other things that they're doing, um, specifically right here with um, how it is that they're dealing with money and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh you get some of the, there's some of the play on words here as well. Um, instead of loving God, they love to oppress. So there's that, there's that opposite here. So just prior to that, I know I said it kind of ended it. Um, but it's like, wait, continuing for your God, like, uh, you know, uh, hold fast to love and justice. And, but in the next one, it says, well, instead of holding fast to those, you're holding fast to oppressing others. Um, and then Ephraim says, but I'm rich. I have found wealth for myself. Um, and then says, because of that wealth, uh, basically you can't find iniquity in me. So he's saying money is buying my standing and I have so much financially that I cannot be divinely judged. Mm. Um, so there's in all this, I guess, from what I understand in Hebrew is very much a play on, uh, words like the way it reads through or Greek or whichever it gets translated from. Well, in the second indictment is they're talking about the, the defrauding of their customers and then becoming rich off of it. Um, so the IVP, Old Testament um, commentary, um, basically says that the word translated merchant is the Hebrew word Canaan, which at least yeah. evokes the idea of Canaanite influence. Um, so the indictment seems to be based on the idea that Israel and its economic community have been corrupted by the immoral practices of its neighbors, um, yeah. which kind of <laughs> goes into, to, I mean, the, the influence of Baal worship and that sort of thing. So I, was, I thought that was kind of interesting as you're talking about it's a lot of play on words. Um, I didn't really necessarily know how that fully fit, but it actually looks like it fits very well within what you were kind of talking about. Yeah, well, then you... I also found on top of that interesting because I think we see this a lot in our day that um, money and power can somehow like ward off retribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's one of the complaints? Well, rich people never serve jail time. Right. Like rich people never have to go through the same punishments we do because they can afford the lawyers or to pay the fines or whatever it happens to be. And they're playing that same game. They're just playing on a 
divine level, mm-hmm. um, thinking it makes them immune to gods. And uh, I mean, I'm assuming that if you are influenced by Baal, you have enough to pay tribute to Baal as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like another, you know, uh, what do you call it? Another clue as to that Canaanite mm-hmm. uh, brain dead. Sorry. <laughs> that Canaanite influence. Okay. So. And, and we're going to see again, like, I, I didn't even realize it until like, what was it? Elizabeth had said something about, oh, this is one of the first major times that, that um, Hosea speaks of how they are not being, um, or that they're being corrupt in their dealings with um, their economic world and that sort of thing. And I was like, oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. But when you get into the other, it's like a major theme in a lot of the other minor prophets. So mm-hmm. although we don't see it a lot here, that doesn't mean that it's it's not happening a lot. Um, I think Hosea deals a lot with the idol worship and Baal um, fertility and all that kind of stuff, especially if you're going into to Hosea and Gomer and, and, and putting those two yeah. together. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot. That was um, like the <laughs> initial crux of the book. That's so, what people talk, when they talk about Hosea, they always like to go to that relationship. Yeah. But that relationship was like six verses. Yeah. Well, maybe chapter one and chapter two-ish. 14 maybe. verses. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After um, that, it's been, it's, it, that was right. way back then. So, so if you're talking a major theme, you're talking about turning away from God um, and God wanting to bring you back. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it would make sense that they don't deal a lot with that theme inside of Hosea due to... Kind of where where it started, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I th- I found it nine interesting is that I will make you dwell in tents, and the response to I have so much money and power, you can't do anything about it, is for him to take all that money and power away. Right. Um. And to go back to hey, now you you got to depend on me for provision. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you think the money's what does it? Well, let's just see what it looks like when you don't have that. Yeah. You know who who, who and I I had a a loved one uh, that. Uh, happens to go all over the map spiritually mm-hmm. um very much like we'll read tarot cards and then oh, no. uh you know say i've been praying to god he's not doing anything and i'm like well uh, i told her the very same thing like if you look at scripture god likes to basic not likes to but basically lets you uh run to your idol and says let them save you then let's see how that works out for you like, that's a very common thing that happens. Like, okay, the, if you're too rich and powerful, I'm going to take all your wealth away. Now, let's see what Baal does for you. Hmm. And what we see is like when God is upheaving the earth, when he's, you know, like killing crops and like doing stuff like that, Baal doesn't come to the rescue. Right. But, you know, like you're, you're what do you call that? I can't, the Zodiac thing, astrology. Oh, yeah. Like is astro- that like the cancer and the Pisces? Yeah. Is that... The spices, the spices girls. No. <laughs> um, yeah, like all that kind of I'll stuff. Like your, your astrology. Your, <laughs> now I got to edit that. No. Uh, your astrology, your tarot cards, all that. Like when push comes to shove, they're not going to save you. Right. Like your your weirdness. I, I can't think of the word. Your paganness is not going to save you. Your, you know, when when life is hard, if you're a worshiper of money and your job and your money get taken away, how are you going to rely on that money to save you? Hmm. Like seriously. <laughs> right. So it, it, we see that as a pattern here again. Uh, they say have wealth and power. Nothing can happen to me. Well, God takes it away. How's it going to save you now? Right. So where's your God now? <laughs> <laughs> 
not doing what you want. This is why I'm not God. Yeah. I taunt. <laughs> well, he does. And, and well, what is it? One of my Elijah. favorite verses. Yeah. Where's your is, God in the bathroom? Your God in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep. God's got a sense of humor. I like that. Is he, is he in there with Jephthah? No. <laughs> it's when he uses his sense of humor against <laughs> me. <laughs> All right. Um, where are we at? Nine? Uh, ten? ten? Ten. Through... Read 10 through 11. Okay. Um, and then when you get to 11, I'll stop for a minute and then we can go back. Okay. So 10 through 11. Or I go s- forward. Yeah, I guess we could go back. Do I have to read it backwards? Yes. I I s- okay, so I'll read it forwards first and then. Fields the of furrows the on. Keep going. You're doing so good. <laughs> I spoke to the prophets. It was I who multiplied visions and through the prophets gave parables. If there's iniquity in Gilead, they shall surely come to nothing. In Gilgal, they sacrifice bulls. Their altars also are like stone heaps on the furs of the field. So Gilead, Gilgal, and Gelim uh, form an alliterative pun. And Gelim is the word for stone heaps. Oh. So God is writing a rap here. <laughs> He's freestyling with the G's. All right. Like to make it all kind of, so like in their iniquity in Gilead, they shall surely come to nothing. In Gilgal, they'll sacrifice bulls, or they sacrifice bulls. Their altars are like Gilam, Galium, or whatever. So like, there's probably Hebrew flow that we don't get, but there is definitely the alliterative pun. So that's one of those. He says that this is the best example of punning in uh, chapter 12 okay. in Hosea. So I just wanted to get that out before we... No, that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's the freestyle of Hosea. And and none of those places that were mentioned are are necessarily great places either. We talked about them earlier Mm -hmm. where um, we had some, you know, assassinations happen and some bloodbaths and some cult altar, you know, some uh, some worship of, um, I guess, some cult sites where they would worship Baal and other gods. And so these were not places that you're sitting there going, oh, yeah, I want to be like them. Um, I wonder, I very much the opposite. I wonder if he's saying that those cities are like stone heaps. Mm-hmm. Well, you really kind of fish back around with it. <clears throat> it could it? be a stretch, but I'll take it. Because Gilgal, does he mention Bethel here? Well, Gilgal at least was um, a major cult site in the northern kingdom. Um was the other one i thought we mentioned gilead we, we, before we did we mentioned them i can't remember what chapter it was um gilead was one of those examples i think where was it jehu's rebellion in second kings um or pika's rebellion when they went against the israelite king pika Aya in second yeah second kings 15 so i don't know there's that yeah. they weren't quite fully sure which one um the ivp leans towards um the pika's rebellion against the israelite king of pika Aya in 736 found in second kings 15 so like <laughs> it was definitely not a some blood killing baths and yeah. deaths and <laughs> that blood baths um so it def- still was not Israel is not doing what they're supposed to. The prophets or kings um, weren't doing what they were supposed to. Um, and they were seeking change, but doing it in the wrong way. And so they're basically uh, destined to become stone heaps That's on the furrows like. of a field. Yeah. Useless. Yep. An obstacle in the way of the farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think that's all I got. Yeah, that's those. all I had on that, really. 
Um, all right, so 12 to the end then? Yeah. It's... So Jacob fled to the land of Aram. Uh, there Israel served for a wife, and for a wife he, gar- he guarded sheep. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel up from Egypt, and by a prophet he was guarded. Ephraim has been bitter provoc- I hate this word. provocation. Provocation. So his Lord will leave his blood guilt on him and will repay him for his disgraceful deeds. So yeah, this is uh we've been talking about Moses. Yay, he's making mm-hmm. a, he's making an entry. <laughs> well, we got Jacob before Moses jumps in. Right, yeah. So what I got are altering types. Okay. Um Jacob would flee the land of Aram. Uh, and then he would uh, serve for his wife. So Israel, okay. Jacob, same guy, would serve uh, seven years for one wife, get the wrong one, and then serve seven more years for the wife he wanted. Right. Um, and then uh, in order to get that wife, he was a shepherd, essentially. We can take that and say, okay, this is typology. This is like Christ to us. Christ came to earth, served for his wife, served his wife, the church, as a shepherd. So you kind of have that same layout. Then when you get into Moses, the prophet, so by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel up from Egypt, and by a prophet, he was guarded. So we went from Jacob, who's kind of a a weak type, to Moses, who's a bit of a stronger type. Mm. Uh, Moses also fled Egypt, uh, and then... uh, after murdering an Egyptian uh, and then uh, came and protected Israel as their shepherd. Hmm. So we kind of see that typology where we can kind of link them to like uh, the way Hmm. Christ serves his people later. But we kind of get that picture of how God is constantly building people up. He's providing for them, giving them provision uh, and guarding them as though they were his sheep and to bring them into his fold. So that's, it's rough, but that's one of the bounces that I got between this, like the, the balances. Yeah, and, and so I think the IVP kind of brings it back and says, okay, well, well, this is kind of, okay, so earlier when it talked about Jacob, it talked about the wrestling match and that sort of thing. You see the deception, the ambition, the the sin that was there. He then goes, serves his serves um to get his wife and that sort of thing but then is brought back to a place of restoration so you see the the sinfulness of where jacob started and now you see him brought back into the picture when god starts talking so he's god's talking about judgment in that earlier part now he's talking about restoration and so you see where where jacob is brought from that to this point of now um potentially being able to be restored from in that relationship with God. And then it kind of moves forward with Moses and into to the rest of that. Um, and that's kind of what I thought I got out of what they were talking about. Um, so what we see is, yeah. Yeah. So I take it by Ephraim has given bitter provocation. Uh, so his Lord will leave his blood guilt on him and repay him for his disgraceful deeds. Um, depending on which way you read through this, uh, we see Jacob serving for a wife by guarding sheep, uh, doing his duty to get his wife, to win his wife over from her 
from Laban. Keeps uh, that duty. Anyway. <laughs> um, and then we see Moses also guarding God's people or whatever. But we see that the thank you, the outcome is Ephraim still being a fool. Okay. Like okay. at the end of it. Which is verse 14. So yeah. you see, okay, got it. Uh, we still get that. We still get Egypt being, or sorry, Israel being Israel at the end of all this. Right. So yeah, even though uh, we see that restoration, we with, so, okay, we can look at it ty- typologically. Mm-hmm. Jesus is a newer, better Jacob. Right. All right. Jesus is a newer, better Moses. Got it. All right. Okay. So Jesus served for his wife, the church, but he never sinned and had to flee a brother that wanted to kill him. Um, Jesus guarded his people and was the, was the perfect prophet. Mm-hmm. If Moses was the best human prophet, Jesus is the best prophet, period, because he's Christ, son of God. Um, but he never had to flee the scene of a murder. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interestingly enough, though, both Moses and Jesus had to flee Egypt at one point. Hmm. That's no, okay. No. Oh, and, what? <laughs> and we also see was it is it Hebrews that talks about how Jesus was the better Moses? Is was it Hebrews or what? Probably Hebrews. Okay, I'll go with that right now without looking. So we <laughs> do see that theme what Don's talking about, although you don't see Jesus specifically here. You do right. you do see that reflection uh, reflected in New Testament writings. Um, that goes back to that. And, and we see Moses actually many times being re-referenced mm-hmm. um, as that, that good prophet throughout the Old Testament. And, and even Jacob's given some credit. So although we might not see his, his best light shine here, we do see where, where God very clearly uses Jacob throughout Israel's history yeah. um, in moving forward towards Jesus. And if you ever get into typology... Uh, you one of the most famous is that Jesus is a newer, better David. He's the perfect king that did not commit adultery, <laughs> you know, that did not raise screwed up kids, <laughs> that did not, you know, like, um, that did not, you know, have, you know, sometimes innocent blood on his hand, you know, so on mm-hmm. and so forth. So you've kind of like typology is like a whole thing. Now, with scripture, you can read this typologically, but you can also read it how you just read it. Mm-hmm. Um, we look at the, um, kind of the steps jacob sins jacob is humbled jacob is redeemed mm-hmm. moses sins moses is humbled moses is redeemed israel sinned and we're still there <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the hope is that they will continue in the in the line of redemption right uh, which we saw back uh, earlier in the chapter as well um oh gosh i forgot where it was already uh we just read it Nah, I'm lost. But yeah, we saw the same thing earlier in the chapter, just not and pretend that I said something cool. Got it. Um, but yeah, we saw the same ideas that um, we want Israel to be redeemed at the end of this as well. Right. I just... I'm having a day, Scott. I, I get it. I get it. I think you've got COVID. I was going to say too, <laughs> too much COVID. Can you have too much? Is that how that works? I don't know. You know, know I, I don't know. How that works. You can have 19 of them? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till the sequel. COVID-20. No. Too soon. No, 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 no. Yeah, whatever. I guess COVID-19 is not over. Yeah, oh, that's true. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, it's it's over. Um, Sooner than you think. We're down to just a handful of uh, oh, wow. spares. We used to be, have a whole yeah. bunch of them, and COVID in the summer has been unkind to <sighs> our uh, stockpile. Yeah, but that's all right. <clears throat> so, I think this makes four. 
but I have to post one okay. tomorrow. So it's a three. <laughs> yeah. So you won't hear this one tomorrow, but I'll be posting one tomorrow. Okay. So we will still still be in the midst of it. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Did you have anything at the end of? No. That is a difficult end of the chapter. I, I, that's where I was. It's well. It's before we even turned on the mics. Like <laughs> I was sitting there going, "Man, this this was a rough one for me." Just trying to to follow and put it all together was was kind of a difficult follow for me. So hopefully we didn't confuse everyone. Um, but yeah, hopefully they... we don't ever confuse anyone. But uh, part of the, part of our podcast is supposed to be. Um, hopefully a good start to a discussion between us and you as well um, and at least gets gets everyone started with with trying to, to figure out what it is that God wants to communicate as we learn to love him more and learn to love others so yeah and this is uh, it, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen this is the big scholarship stuff like th- this is the um, Scott and I have our undergrads in biblical studies like, <laughs> um if we did anything with a minor prophet, it was an overview um, mm-hmm. outside of Joel, <laughs> maybe, uh, or uh, Malachi. And of course, we started with Malachi. the hardest one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we went in order of size. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is when you start, when we start talking about typology at the end, or we start talking about that um, mirror logic where, you know, we see that the pattern of sin redeemed or sin humbled redeemed mm-hmm. or whatever kids i did not pull that out of my like head that did not come out of like don's intelligence that came from study lots of books you know i didn't just know that from and that is the theme of almost every single one of the minor prophets um is that idea of sin humbled redeemed um and then when you get into the major prophets you just see that same theme communicated multiple times so when you look at isaiah and some of the others you you see that same theme and sadly enough you probably could even look at least for me i can personally say i look at that in my own life where i'm sin where i sin i'm humbled that's never the fun part the redeemed i always like that part it's the is it piper or keller i don't know your your path in life is like you're either coming into or coming out of suffering. I know. It's like, and <laughs> like usually that falls that pattern. Your suffering is, mm-hmm. uh, in many cases, it is an idol being stripped away, mm-hmm. and that's what hurts. Yep. Um, not to say that every time you suffer, like you know, your your mom is sick or your dad's got cancer. So like that's not necessarily a, an idol being stripped away. That's also a result of living under a cursed fallen world. Right. Um, but there is very often times when you're going through something because an idol is being stripped away. And those are the hardest times, the worst oh, yeah. times, you know, mm-hmm. it's well, a bunch of years. Cycle. Yeah, it is. It is. So with that, um, chapter 13 next week, we then have chapter 14 and then, uh, well, they get them two weeks. We're still bi-weekly. Oh yeah. yeah. So well, it, next time you listen, <laughs> chapter 13, and then we got 14 and then we'll, um, surprise you later on with what book is next oh I thought we were I won't say it on live because I don't want to get anyone's hopes up <laughs> uh, but yeah so uh, thanks for listening and uh, if you're going to read ahead read 13 yep alright guys alright bye bye, bye.